Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central at 104.3 The Pulse in Central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. You are listening to 104.3 The Pulse. My name is Dave Wonders, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Lisa Anderson. She is the director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family, and she's host of The Boundless Show, which airs on our sister station, The Word. You can find a link to the podcast of that on our website as well. But uh, today we want to chat with Lisa about thriving in your first job because there's a lot of college uh, graduates who are transitioning into the workforce and that can be really daunting. And so uh, welcome, Lisa. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, Dave. It's great to be here. Lisa, how did you uh, first get connected with, with Focus on the Family and where did this passion come from? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I actually was working here previously um, in a PR role. So I was director of media relations and PR, my backgrounds in journalism and, and PR kind of stuff. And so I did that. And funnily enough, while I was doing that, Boundless, which was started in 1998, we're coming up on our 25th anniversary, if you can believe it, um, was being run by another crew. And I was, uh, they were one of my clients to get the word out about them, you know, to do media relations for them. And uh, it was just run by a, a great group of um, primarily guys who were married, and I was friends with their wives. And at the same time, I was dating pretty poorly. Um, I'm... I'm single, and uh, I remember them saying, wow, Lisa, you seem to be dating some losers, and I was all offended, you know, like, what, you know, whatever, but as I kind of heard them, I was like, yeah, maybe I maybe I need some good advice on this, and so I started reading Boundless, I started loving Boundless, um, and then they came up to me, it was, you know, sometime later, and they said, well, guess what, we're thinking of starting a podcast, um, you're single, and you like to talk, do you want to host it? And I said, absolutely, I'll give it a whirl. And so in 2008, January of 2008, I started hosting The Boundless Show as a young adult, single woman, and uh, just had a blast doing it. We have such a great audience. And then it was two years after that I transi- uh, transitioned over to Boundless full-time. And so have been talking to college through 30-somethings ever since. I'm a few steps ahead of them, so I love to say now, like, I'm kind of that fun aunt who has some good advice and hopefully can root for them and give them the courage to walk out adulthood with confidence and joy. Hey, we did all the help we can get, right? I, <laughs> I'm in my mid-30s, and I still feel like I am beginner and have no idea what I'm doing. And so having people that can help mentor in my life, people in church and friends of mine, it's, it's so vital. What has changed in the workplace over the last 10 years as far as people that are entering the workplace? What are things that maybe used to be common practice that aren't anymore or things that are new skill sets that didn't used to have to have but now are essential? How have things changed? Yeah, yeah I think there are a couple things that come to mind. I mean, one is just the, the transient nature of work. And of course, this has blown up post-COVID. Uh, this idea, like, you know, you 10, 15 years ago, you got a job, you showed up in an office, you sat in a cubicle, you put in your time, you kind of did your thing. And now it's like a remote workforce is so common in so many industries. 
And so, and that's a, that's a, um, it's a great, you know, generational kind of uh, help for millennials and Gen Z who love that flexibility. But at the same time, it doesn't allow themselves to avail themselves of the work mentors and the, the structure that they probably need starting out. So that's a, a big challenge. The other thing is, I mean, you think 10 to 15 years ago, do you know of any job descriptions that included like social media director or digital engagement you know, right, director? Right. I mean, there are literally jobs out there that did not exist for the previous generation. And so um, I think to, uh, to see that and to recognize that these are real skill sets that primarily younger adults are able to contribute to. And so putting them um, in those spots and allowing them to thrive as well as allowing them to get some structure and some contribution on other levels and to learn what it's like to put in the time and to be faithful and to show up and to work hard and be scrappy. I think those are things that work in tandem with each other. So before you even get into the workplace and and navigate that, you have to land that job. And you've got people that are, they have skill sets in, in whatever field, but maybe they're more comfortable navigating digital spaces versus interacting with peers and then that kind of thing or they're working with people that are older than them and that could be kind of intimidating so how do you actually land that first job and and start yeah i think you know it's kind of like a multi-pronged approach so whereas it used to be you know when i talk to young adults about the way that their parents but especially their grandparents did it you know this idea of you're going to put out a few resumes and you're going to go in person and interview for something and they're going to hire you and you're going to start at the bottom and work your way up and 40 years later you're going to get a pin and a pension. I mean, that is like completely unknown <laughs> to younger generations at this point. So recognizing that, first of all, they've got to really diversify in the way they're getting the word out. So we know, obviously, that younger adults are going to be super savvy about making sure they've got a robust LinkedIn profile. They know what they're doing with Monster, with Indeed, with a lot of the online engines and and places where they can live that out. But exactly what you're saying, Dave, they've got to ratchet up the in-person, in-your-face necessity of really owning that space. And so where I say, I always recommend to young adults, and this can be if you're going into your first job or maybe you're in a job where you're kind of like, this is lame, I've been trucking it out here for a year or more, um, I need to, to pivot and do something differently. I am such a fan of what I call the informational interview. I love it because it is low entry, it's low risk, and everyone is generally willing to help you. So it's actually scientifically proven that people will extend themselves to help you with something if it's not too big of an ask. And so in this uh, instance, I say to young adults, you go and you find everyone you know. And when I say everyone, I basically mean everyone. I'm talking all of your parents' friends. I'm talking about people at church. I'm talking about mentors. I'm talking about former professors or whatever, your hairdresser. Um, And you ask them out to coffee and you say, can I have 15 to 30 minutes of your time and I want to pick your brain. And you ask them, what do you love about your career? What do you not love about your career? How did you break into your career? And what would be your recommendation to a person like me to kind of explore that space and see if it might be something for me? The good thing about that is, one, you're going to get a wealth of information. It's fantastic. The other amazing thing about that is these people know people who know people who know people. (laughs) So the networking potential is astronomical. And so, you know, you may talk to Bob, who's like, well, I'm an accountant, and you're in marketing, so how am I going to help you? 
But then all of a sudden, Bob's like, okay, well, I'm in a small group with so-and-so who I know is in an industry that's marketing, so let me talk to them, and maybe I could set you up with that. So you see where it kind of goes from there. And so being that person, that young adult who's going to look someone in the eye, again, this isn't about texting or DMing someone or hitting someone up on social. This is about looking someone in the eye, giving them a firm handshake, especially if they're a boomer or someone in an older generation, um, valuing and respecting and honoring them where they are in their space, what they've learned, and then gleaning everything you can from that. So that's a great starting off point for really getting the lay of the land. Lisa, where were you uh, 12 years ago when I was <laughs> trying to figure this out? <laughs> That's brilliant. I, was, I fumbled around and fumbled around and uh, sent hundreds of resumes to the four winds and eventually... <laughs> eventually landed something but that's that's brilliant dave you and me both listen up okay i have a i I graduated in communications actually my initial degree is in english literature so if you want to talk about a non-starter let's talk about that i doubled the communications which was helpful but my parents for my graduation actually gave me a t-shirt that said i have a liberal arts degree do you want fries with that (laughs) okay so that was really bolstering of the uh yeah of the ego so my whole thing is that's, that's the example of, like, you've got this nebulous degree that you don't know what to do with. And so those out there who have graduated in soft skills, you know, uh, industries, marketing, communications, um, you know, heaven forbid, French history or something like that, you're going to have to find ways that you have transferable skills that will translate into actual jobs. And that's where you have to get creative and sell yourself and be the person who knows stuff that you can make marketable. And so just a little extra tip in that direction. So outside of just, I have a degree, what is it that most employers are looking for right now? I mean, that, that's a very broad question, but what are some of those universals that you can, you can emphasize to stand out from the crowd of other people that have the same degree that you have? Yeah. And I do want to start by saying that most employers will say that a degree is necessary, and that's fine if you're going to enter the corporate world and whatever. What I do want to encourage a lot of young adults with, and again, this is just a caveat, if the four-year degree situation, the university track is not for you, that is okay, but you need to own it. I mean, there are, we have got electricians out here in Colorado in the Denver metro area that they are begging to hire for six-figure salaries. Okay, so the trades are very hot right now to have marketable skills for service industries, that kind of stuff. So I want to encourage someone, first of all, to not think, well, I didn't go to college or I can't afford college or I'm not a student. I don't know what to do. You figure out what you're about. Now, maybe it needs to not be like YouTube influencer right off the bat, okay? (laughs) But find something that you can do and you love doing and go down that track. Okay, so that's that aside. Now let's talk about the person who, yes, I have a college degree, but what else do I need? Uh, Primarily what this person needs is a little bit of background experience that shows that in their free time in the last few years, they have not uh, been sitting around on a sofa playing Call of Duty. Okay, so this is like if you can do or you have done internships, you go after them and you rock them out and you make yourself known, and you make yourself indispensable in those internships. So I currently have a summer intern right now. I put all kinds of work on her, and my favorite thing about her, and this is kind of the second part of my advice for this, is she comes up to me and she's like, okay, but what else can I do? 
what else do you want me to try? Is there something that you don't? I mean, can you even believe she's saying this to me, Dave? Is there something that you don't want to do that I could step in and help you with? So this person, you're going to be your bosses or your internship directors or whatever, their problem solver. You're going to have a solution to a problem that they have, and you're going to get it off their plate. So to be that person who's scrappy, who shows up, who listens well, um, another great way to do this in, in landing a job is to go in to, to do a good in-person interview, if you're allowed to do that, and you basically tell them how you're going to make their life easier. That is what I love to hear from people that I hire, because that's why we're hiring people. We want to be able to solve problems and get things off our plates. And so uh, you're going to craft your job to basically say, here's why I'm going to be so necessary in this workplace. And you, you come up with what that is. So do your research, figure out who you're applying with, uh, figure out what the job is, what you can best contribute, and you're going to lead with that. And that will get you off on the right foot with a smile and a handshake and a something memorable. Follow up with them when you do the interview, and you will set yourself apart from about 85% of other people. It's funny you should mention that thing of, of what problems can I solve or what can I you know take off your plate? Because I said that to a manager uh, 12 years ago and left him completely gobsmacked because he had never <laughs> been asked that by any employee mm-hmm. that had worked under him. And he, he just was like, wow, I, I don't even know. <laughs> he ended up pawning off some really boring and made stuff. But I think that that's the thing is, is especially people that are in management roles, they've got so many balls that they're trying to keep up in the air and they don't necessarily need to be doing all of those things. Like not all those things are top level decisions, but they've just yeah. taken them on at some point And then they have no one that they feel that they can just toss that off to. But if you step in and offer, man, you're going to be their best friend. Well, and that's exactly me and my personality because I manage people um, in my field. And I always say to myself, I would love to, I'm, I'm kind of a bigger picture person, but I'm also a control freak. And so if I don't have someone competent to hand details off to, I will take them on myself and then I will run myself into the ground and basically just go home crying. Okay, so... If I have that person who's like, don't worry about these details, I'm going to handle them because I am competent and I will not let things slip through the cracks, that is an indispensable employee for me because they have just solved multiple problems for my day. So that's, you know, you you want to be that person that's just like, yeah, I can do that. I can take that on. In fact, let me find a better way to make this happen. Let me find a, you know, I had an employee who did that once who got us onto a totally digitized, hello, millennial way of doing all of our contracts and signatures and everything else that has been completely automated. And then not only did they do it for Boundless, but then the rest of Focus on the Family took note and they're like, oh yeah, we should probably do this. So they basically solved the problem for our whole organization eventually. Again, that person earned some points. (laughs) Yep, for sure. Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders on the Pulse Podcast Network. Here at the Pulse, we are passionate about music with a message for Central Minnesota. We want to cultivate within each listener a deeper desire to know and follow Jesus Christ. You can listen to us anytime online at thepulse.mn or at 104.3 The Pulse if you live in Central Minnesota. Now let's dive back into the conversation. 
say you're in a situation where you've got that job, you're doing okay at, you know, with, with management, you're doing okay with the tasks in front of you, but you're not blending in with the work culture or you're having trouble connecting with other employees. How do you navigate that? There are a couple things to do here, and some of that is going to be generational, okay? So I think this is where I often encourage, especially the millennials and Gen Zers, to say, you are going to be working with other generations, and most likely those other generations are going to be older than you, and they're going to be your bosses. So you need to figure out how you're not going to show up like a know-it-all and say, like, well, let me tell you about, you know, what I know at 21 years old. Okay, that's not going to be helpful for you. So recognize that there are very different values among generations, and you're going to have to kind of um, work those out as you as you navigate the workspace. So, for example, for a boomer, to have a person at a desk from 8 to 5 is a very high value for the most part. This doesn't mean that you're going to be chained to a desk for the rest of your life, but it also does not mean that on your first day of work you show up, you know, with your laptop and your AirPods, and you're like, well, you know what, I think I'm going to go hit up a coffee shop or I'm going to go to this park. Um, they're going to just, like, implode right there. So you're going to have to kind of ease your way into that and figure that out. Um, the other thing I would say that's very helpful for a person kind of who's in a job trying to figure out this space is ask for feedback. Now, every millennial and every Gen Z should be locked in with me right here because these are high values of your generation, if you're listening. So, you know, ask for feedback and then act on it. So if for some reason you're not getting a vibe from your boss or from other employees, you're kind of like, it seems a little stuffy around here. It seems like maybe I'm a little too loud or opinionated. Are they not taking (laughs) straight up ass? You might kind of uh, take them aback a little bit because maybe some of the older folks aren't aren't used to the honesty and the, the raw emotion in that. But you do it privately and you do it respectfully. So you don't you're not gonna call out in a divisional meeting like, hey, why does no one like me? But go and approach a, a supervisor or a colleague and say, can you give me a little feedback as to how to better fit into this uh, work environment or into the culture here? Can you help me, like, understand this a little bit better? That's going to – you're putting yourself in a posture of teachability that's going to go a long way. And so ask them for feedback. And if they give you some constructive criticism, take it and let them see measurable change. Um, Because, again, this isn't going to be the rest of your life. You're going to grow from it. You will eventually probably be in a position of leadership in some way if you you grow and you get in the right spots. And so all of this is just good wisdom to take in and recognize that you can move forward with it. That's good. That's good. Okay, so I've got a a hypothetical scenario. Sure. How do you navigate a situation where – You've entered the workforce, you managed to climb some of the ranks, and now you find yourself in a leadership role, whether it's a lower leadership role or a significant one, and you've got people that are of a different generation that are under you. How do you navigate that? Well, and that is uh, that is so tricky, especially if you are still young in this process. So, for example, this happened to me when I came uh, into Focus on the Family and took on my media relations role. Within a year, I was in my 20s, and within a year, my boss had left, and I got her job. And I will say that I was, at that point, the youngest person on my team. So it was very awkward, and it was very, like, you know, there was a bit of, like, it feeling like I was being considered entitled or, you know, did, did Lisa maybe jump? ranks here that she didn't put in the time or whatever. 
So what you need to do is the first, you know, the best ar- uh, weapon you have in your arsenal is to truly get to know people. So people want, no one wants to just be a number on a payroll or to be, a, you know, a body in a seat. I mean, to be known for who you are, I always make it a priority every Monday to go, you know, talk with my team about, like, how was your weekend? What happened? What was, you know, what was your the high of your weekend? What does that look like? To know them and the uniquenesses about them are so important. And you will find, I mean, I have found here at work, I mean, we have a guy here who's a boomer who has actually, like, created some legit board games that are on the market. And, I mean, this guy just looks like Worker Bee Central, but all of a sudden you find out he's this creative who has amazing hobbies, and he loves to talk about them. So, again, getting to know them on a personal level and making them more than just a 9-to-5 job is really big. Um, Secondly, I would say, you know, you kind of lead into your role. And so you may not know everything and be willing to say that, be willing to avail yourself of the people on your team who can kind of help you win in certain situations. So you're honest with them. And you may say, you know, maybe you have a a boomer or an exer and you're like, you know, okay, you're going to be the one to, um, to show up and help me with this because I know that you know this or I know that you have the experience that is going to help us get get this done. Um, you honor them by saying you're bringing something to the table. You're not a has been, you're not, you know, and so, and then your peers, and maybe if you're, you're at this point, you have a couple people younger than you, um, you're going to walk into that space of being honest about, yeah, I don't know everything, but I'm working it out. I'm asking questions as I need to. Uh, I remember in my role with Boundless and young adults, I'd come out of the media relations world and I came over and all of a sudden I'm responsible for running a website uh, running and producing the show, basically doing strategy for an entire division or an entire demographic. And I remember standing at my desk and saying, I think there's fully like 60% of this job that I'm not qualified for. <laughs> but I decided to pray about it and lean into it and avail myself of all the people who had wisdom and expertise that I needed. And I did that. I remember being on the phone with our legal department can you show me how to craft a contract for writers as I get them to write for our site? And they were super gracious to help in that. And we've built a great relationship as a result. I, it's fascinating to me just to see the difference in in management styles of Gen Xers and boomers and millennials. And I'm kind of interested to see what the next phase of different organizations, different ministries as they are more and more helmed by millennials versus some of those older generations because it seems like just different values, different leadership styles. I don't know. (laughs) It'll be interesting. And it is fascinating because I uh, currently over 50% of leadership roles in, in organizations and corporations are held by Gen Xers at this point, which is fascinating because Gen X is the smallest generation out there at this point. But we have a lot of boomers retiring. You know, boomers have just been eclipsed by millennials. Uh, millennials are now the largest generation. Um, and boomers are retiring, but some of them are working longer. And so Gen X is kind of right there in, in the middle with a very sympathetic ear towards millennials because Gen X is very a uh, little bit rogue, a little bit cynical. You know, this is, this is my generation. We were latchkey kids. Both our mothers went into the workforce, and so we just, you know, showed up after school at home, sat there alone and watched, you know, TV with a bowl of cereal. So um, we're very <laughs> sympathetic to younger generations and saying, okay, this is hard and life is hard. I mean, you think of Gen Z right now, 
that really has so many parallels to even the greatest generation, many of whom are gone now, in that they have had a lot of, you know, and this is where boomers are going to balk, but hear me out, um, they've had a lot of hardship. I mean, you think of they were born in a recession. They have walked through, they have not known a life without terrorism being a very real threat. They just had to navigate COVID. Many of them couldn't even graduate in a normal structure because of a, a worldwide pandemic. And now they're in this gig economy and trying to be scrappy. They're, they're burning out. They're doing too many things. They're digitally connected, but it's overtaking their lives. And so some sympathy um, is going to help us, some allowing them to navigate the space of emotion and how to process work-life balance is something they're going to need from us. And so I think once we do that, they're going to show up and they're going to be contributors at an amazing level. Okay, so we, we've talked a lot about getting into that first job and navigating that space. How about the transition? You've done your time <laughs> at a certain mm-hmm. place and it's time to transition to that other place. How do you move on well? I think some of this in deciding that you need to transition is you're going to have to, and this sometimes it's personality driven, but sometimes you just have to own it. You're going to have to be willing to embrace risk. Um, and so I always encourage people of any age, really, when they're anticipating a, a career shift or even just a job shift within an organization, um, a lot of people encourage you to write down pros and cons of what that will look like. That, to me, seems a little abstract. I always say to people, um, write down your gains and your losses. So net gain, net loss. What will I gain by leaving this position and trying something new? And what will I have to give up? And those are going to be very concrete things because you might be giving up um, a stable salary. You might be taking a, a salary cut if you need to. You might be giving up the security of the organization you're already with and a bunch of friends there. You might be giving up a certain title that you've grown accustomed to. And so you're going to figure out what you have to give up, but what might you gain? It might be a lateral move that ultimately is going to get you somewhere else that's going to allow you to grow. It might be just, a, you know, to get back to the front end of our conversation, it might be a necessary culture change. You're just not thriving in the culture of the organization you're in. I mean, some... Um, especially uh, young adults of faith are finding that they're in an, unten- an untenable situation in their company because of pressures to renege on aspects of their faith or whatever. So that might be a hard decision that you have to make. So I would say that's something you got to do on the front end and realize, okay, it's always going to be hard. There's going to be some risk to it, but am I willing to take the risk and are the benefits, the possible rewards, greater than that. So that's a, that's a mental decision uh, that you have to make to make it happen. Then you want to, once you decide, you know what, I, I think I'm willing to pull the trigger. I think I'm willing to go after this. You want to figure out what all your options are. So this is where you're going to be doing those informational interviews. This is where you're going to be looking around at the industry you're in. Um, almost always a lateral move to another company is going to be more beneficial than trying to work your way up in your own company. I know all kinds of like corporate executives are going to yell at me for this because they want to retain employees, but um, you can usually move somewhere else for more salary or more opportunity. So that's just something to keep in mind. But again, what will you be giving up? If you've been in your company for a little bit, you might be giving up some tenure, you might be giving up some vacation hours, you might, you know, that you're going to have to start over. And so um, thinking that through, I think is helpful. 
obviously approaching the entire um, situation in prayer, asking good advice of others who have done the same thing, preferably in the same type of industry as you, um, would be a great move in that sense. And then again, just putting out those feelers and recognizing what are the actual, like looking through actual job descriptions that might be similar to what you're looking uh, to go into or ways that you want to grow. Um, you don't want to make a quantum leap. So you don't want to say, well, okay, I'm an admin assistant, so I'm going to apply for the sales management position. I mean, not only will it be unlikely that you make the move unless you know someone directly in that space and they just think you're a superstar, but also that is going to put an undue amount of stress and pressure on you. I mean, the, the amount that you will um, uh, have to learn and the capital that you'll have to gain in that might burn you out pretty quickly. And so, but incremental change, taking that little bit of risk, feeling the burn, feeling the pressure, the, the newness of something, uh, figure out what you're willing to do and how you're willing to go about that, and then kind of role play with yourself of like going into that kind of position, looking around, seeing what's out there, finding, doing filtered searches on LinkedIn just to even see what are people looking for um, is a great way to get the lay of the land. Lisa, so much good advice. Appreciate your uh, your words and your encouragement to the, the new grads and maybe those that recent grads that are trying to navigate those those murky waters of that first gig. But where can people connect with, with you and, and find out more about Boundless? Yeah, they can find us at boundless.org. And in fact, if folks just uh, sail along the nav bar at the top, they're going to see our content uh, buckets there. And there's one that's career and finances. If they go under um, our adulthood tab, because uh, we like to help young adults navigate everything in the faith space as well as relationships. So all of that is everything from friendship to relationship with your parents to dating and marriage prep. And then right there in that adulthood, that's just like adulting. How do I grow into adulthood without losing my mind, um, without its career finances, its personal growth stuff? Um, so it's just great. And we have conversations on social that folks can connect to through there as well. And obviously the show um, is at our site as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, anywhere the podcasts are found. That's the Boundless Show. Yeah, and Pulse listeners, you could catch Boundless on uh, Saturdays, 11 o'clock on 102.7 or 91.5. So, Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time and uh, your insight. This is great. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts.